right, man, oh, man. How about worship today, huh? Wasn't that awesome? Come on, get fired up. Hey, let three people know you love them. High five them, fist bump them. Don't hit them too hard unless they're asleep. Get them some Red Bull. Hey, man, it's such an awesome day to be in God's house, isn't it? Hey, if you're watching online or listening throughout the week, once again, thank you for making space for us to uh, just worship Jesus with you. I'm so thankful uh, that we get to be here. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna be as honest as I can be. I'm not gonna lie to you here. It's an honor and a privilege to get to do this. Guys, this isn't something that's given. Every Sunday that we are given, we love making the most of it, and we love making the most of every opportunity and the most of Jesus' name. So thank you for being here. I'm so thankful for this series because throughout the summer, all the way through Labor Day, we collected your questions that you had about the Bible, about God, about faith, about the church. And we're answering the four most asked questions over these next few weeks. So here's the deal. If we get through these four weeks and your question doesn't get asked, it's okay. Starting November 1st, you start asking your question you want answered next year. So that way it gets the money. And you can submit it as many times as you want because it's completely anonymous. So if I get a 1,000 emails on November 1st, I will know that I'm going to be able to answer your question. Because here's the thing. We all say we're afraid of what we don't know, right? And so the reason I love doing this series is because there are a lot of questions we have about God, about church, about the Bible, and about our faith. And so as we get to dive into this, this reminds us who Jesus is, what he's doing through us, but more importantly, maybe teaches us some things that we didn't quite know. So I'm excited today because today we're going to be answering this question, how do I hear God's voice and know his will? How do I hear God's voice and know his will? Because here's the thing, you know, when I think about hearing God's voice and knowing his will, I think about that couple that's been married for about 60 years. You know, there's a story, there's a couple that's been married about 60 years, and, you know, they've gone through their whole life, and, and they've had a good life. They've been married 60 years, and their marriage was so great that they didn't keep any secrets but one. And the secret was there was a shoebox in the top of the closet in the bedroom. And the wife said, here's the secret. You can't open that shoebox until I tell you. So after 60 years of marriage, they celebrate their 60th wedding anniversary. They're excited. You know, it's been a long life. They're thankful. The wife becomes sick. She goes to the hospital, and the doctor says, it's time to get your affairs in order. So the husband is heartbreaking. He's going home. He's cleaning everything up, and he finds that shoebox. And he goes to the hospital, and he goes in front of his wife, and he asks her, can I open it now? And she says yes. And so he opens this shoebox, and inside the shoebox are two crocheted dolls and $60,000 in cash. And so he goes and he asks the wife, well, what's this about? And she said, well, when we got married, my grandmother gave me this advice. Anytime we have an unresolved argument, go into a room by yourself and crochet a doll. So the husband's just overcome with tears because he said in 60 years of marriage we've only had two unresolved fights and he's just thankful and he's in this moment but then he looks down and says but what about the $60,000 in cash and she said don't worry about that because every time we fought I took those crochet dolls and I sold them to the craft store and that's the money I made off of them <laughs> so you know, in this moment, what was really tender and what seemed like it was awesome, all of a sudden, the husband's probably looking at his wife the way we look at God and saying this, why don't you say something? 
Why didn't you just say something? So in 60 years, they had all of these $60,000 worth of crochet dolls worth of unresolved conflict. To the rest of the world, they thought that they were perfect, that they had it all together. And the husband's looking at his life and saying, why didn't you just say something? So what looked like a moment where this woman and this man had resolved conflict quickly instead becomes unresolved frustration and anger. And I believe that many of us today are looking at God the same way, saying, why won't you just say something? Am I the only one that's ever been there? Maybe some of us are in that season right now where we're asking God, why won't you just say something? And he might be looking down as the wife probably looked at that husband and said, why don't you just hear something? You know what I'm saying? So today, as we unpack how to hear God's voice and know his will, if you've ever hung out with us before, I'm just going to throw all the cards on the table when we've spoke through this before, and I would love to talk with you after about it because I'm not going to attack it the same way today. If you really want to hear God's voice and know his will, there are four areas of your life that he's going to talk to you through. He's going to talk to you through prayer, the Bible, the circumstances you go through, and the people around you. So God's going to speak to you through his word. God's going to speak to you through prayer. He's going to bring you through circumstances to reveal himself to you and the people around you he's going to speak through. And so if you want to unpack that, we've talked about that and you asked for it. We've talked about it in, in series in the past. I'm actually not going to hang out there today. We're going to take it a step further today. We're going to go a little deeper today because I believe that so many of us know this, but we're still standing there looking up to God saying, why won't you just say something? And God said, well, why won't you just listen? Why won't you just hear something? And we're not on the pathway that we need to be on to hear him clearly. So if you want to write that down, you're more than happy to write that down and know that those are the four ways that God speaks to you. We'll dive into that. I can talk to you individually. Come hang out on a Thursday, whatever it is. I'd love to talk with you more in depth. You can look back over our previous sermons on the vine.tv and see where we've walked through that. But today we're going to be camping out in Scripture in Psalm 19. Psalm 19. Now, if you got your Bible today, Psalm 19, I love talking through Psalm. You just take your Bible and you cut it in half, and you're somewhere in Psalms. So just keep flipping the left, and you'll be in Psalm 19. If you would like a free Bible, we have them free for the asking here in the auditorium. You're welcome to get that. You also can follow along with us on the Bible app. Uh, if you want to go ahead and open that up, you can see where you can follow along with us there. But today, we're going to be taking a deep dive into how to hear God more clearly because we're going to walk through our seven spiritual pathways. Now, I call it the seven sacred pathways, but we're going to walk through our spiritual pathways, and we're going to see that unpacked through Psalm 19, okay? So today, Bible, prayer, circumstances, and people around you. Today, you're going to learn something about yourself. You're going to have a next step to take, and I'm willing to bet if you take it, you're going to hear God more clearly than ever before. So if you got your Bible today, let's get to Psalm 19, and we're going to be in verse 1 and 2. And I'm going to tell you, this just partners up, I love it, with what we do in worship every day. This is one of my favorite verses in Psalms, so hang in here with me. Psalm 19, verse 1 and 2 says it this way. The heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech, night after night they reveal knowledge. Did you know the heavens preach a sermon every day? Can you think about that? They preach a sermon every day. When the sun rises up every day, it touches every part of the earth. 
I guess technically it's not rising and falling. To us it is as we're spinning on our axis. But as the sun shows itself every day, the heavens are declaring God's glory, declaring God's praise. And many of us, when we start asking God to say something, it's because we look up at the sky and we see things. You see, man's been searching for something more for, I guess, since our existence, right? Since we can even look back in antiquity, we can see that man has looked up at the sky and said, is there something else out there? There's just this thing buried inside of us that says there's got to be something more. Like if you go outside at night, you know, you can identify the North Star or, or you look up, you can see, oh, there's the Big Dipper and, and there's the Little Dipper. Or you can see Venus in, in the morning or night or, or, or you can go out and, and you can see the moon and when, when it's going through its phases or during the day, don't, don't, don't look directly at the sun. It, it might not be good for you. But during the day, you can see the sun, you can see how it passes through and there's just something inside of you that yearns that says, there's got to be something more, Right? And the heavens are declaring God's glory to us. As a matter of fact, those of us who know Jesus would say, how could you not look at creation and deny that there's a God? And for those of you today that, that speak that way, I want to give you a little, little in-depth thing. If you ever have learned apologetics, that's called teleological apologetics. Teleological apologetics. Now, that's an SAT word for you. But basically what it says is that something that is designed implies a designer. So anything that's created implies a creator. So when we look up at the heavens and we see that our earth is positioned perfectly where it needs to to sustain life, our atmosphere is exactly the right mixture of nitrogen, oxygen, and other gases, glasses? No, gases for us to breathe in the right mixture, 71, 28, and 1, or else if somebody just lit a match, the whole thing would explode, right? Like, we don't think about these things. Like, everything's perfect. So for each and every one of us, let me ask you this way. As somebody comes to you and says, does the heavens really declare a sermon? You're trying to hear from God. You don't know who God is. And people are fighting you saying, God is not real. I want to explain this teleological apologetics to you this way. Imagine you roll up in your brand new Lamborghini. Nice car, right? Nice car. Now, what if I came to you and said, man, I can't believe that tornado over in Kansas assembled that thing and it got it just the right way to get to you so that way you could drive it to my house. Because the chances of earth being here by chance is the same likelihood, believe it or not, that a tornado would take every screw, every part of a 747 plane, not just a Lamborghini, I imagine it's got a lot of parts, but a 747 plane, and it gathered all the parts at just the right time, put it together, and dropped it, and it was ready to fly. Isn't that crazy? That's the odds of this all being by chance. That's the odds of us not having a creator. That's the odds that this earth is not here on purpose that we are not here on purpose, that we don't have a creator. So before we even dive into knowing God's voice and hearing God's voice, we have to first establish, as the heavens declare God's glory, that there is a creator that is speaking to us, that wants to have a relationship with us, that loves us, and his creation declares his glory, and it makes us yearn to say there must be something more out there. So for you... Right now, as I talk about creation, 
right now as I talk about being outside and I talk about nature, maybe there's something inside of you that's stirring. And that's the first pathway I wanna talk to you about. The first spiritual pathway we're gonna unpack for a second is the creation pathway. The creation pathway. Now, this is what these pathways do as we walk through them. These pathways are the space that you just experience God more fully. Like, it's just where you are at one with him. It's where you sense his presence. It's where you sense that he's there. And it's more importantly where he reveals himself to you like never before. So maybe I said creation, and that just stirred your affection. Being outside stirred your affection. As a matter of fact, if we looked in the Bible, somebody who was in the creation pathway is our boy John the Baptist or even Elijah. These two guys are outdoorsmen. You know what I mean? Like John the Baptist eating locusts, doing his thing, wearing, wearing the, the sheepskin, if I remember correctly, uh, wearing a loincloth, I guess, like the caveman, whatever it is. He's an outdoorsman. There are a few folks here I know that like to hunt. Joe Candler, who leads our fine kids, I know he loves hunting. So I know he's an outdoors kind of guy. So if that's you and creation is your pathway, you love being in nature because there's just something about nature that draws you close to God. You connect with God when you're outside. Being inside this room, you're thinking about, man, how could we bring this to an amphitheater that's outside and sit on a hill? And that's when I know I could hear God more clearly. Like for you, creation is how you connect with God. And so I want to tell you today, if you heard the heavens declaring the glory of God, if you heard, man, that just stirs my emotion and it stirs my affection, your spiritual I call them sacred, pathway might be the creation pathway. And so if this is you, I've got your next step today. You need to walk around your neighborhood with your quiet time. You need to pray when you walk. You need to find a place outside to read your Bible. You need to find something to do outside. You need to be in nature to connect with God. As a matter of fact, you need to schedule it. If you want to look for somewhere that's a pretty cool place to see all the places of nature, Hatcher Gardens right here in Spartanburg is a beautiful place that you can go. It's right down the road here. You can see a, a little mini waterfall, hear, 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 hear the water, water rustling. You can go to Milliken down the road. You can go to all these places, but if creation is your thing, we just talked about being out in the woods just a few minutes ago. Creation is your thing. Don't neglect connecting with God that way. Because I'm telling you, maybe you're not hearing from God right now because you're neglecting that pathway. So if that's you today, schedule some time to go outside, walk around the neighborhood, walk out in nature, listen to your Bible if you need to, on your headset or on your phone. But more importantly, I don't even know if listening to that's going to do anything because you need to hear the birds chirping. You need to hear the squirrels running around doing crazy things. You need to see the raccoons stealing the cat food. You know what I'm saying? Like You need to be outside in nature. So today, your next step to hear God more clearly is to get into creation. Let's go to verse 3. This is talking about the heavens here. There are going to be some folks, I know this hits, and I love it right now. It says, they have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. Without words, nature sings. Have you ever just, just listened like for me, so if you knew me, you would say creation pathway might be where it is. But it's, I have to do my, my quiet times looking at nature or hearing nature. I enjoy sunrises and sunsets. There's something about the silence right before the sun comes up. It's just the most peaceful thing in the world to me. And then you just see life burst forth when the sun comes up. It's just awesome to me. But creation is not my spiritual pathway. 
You'll see mine in a minute, and it'll make sense. For those of you right now that heard this, and there's something that's stirring inside of you, you hear, they have no speech, they have no word, yet their voice goes out. You, my friend, may be the worship pathway. The worship pathway. For you, if you look someone in the Bible, it's not really hard to look for it. We're reading from Psalms. There's this guy named King David, and he's all about worship. If you know anything about him, we know him as a shepherd, but he could play the lyre and the harp, and he did all kinds of stuff. As a matter of fact, one of my favorite stories of David is when the Ark of the Covenant's coming to town, and he's dancing like it's a, you know, like it's the last, last night of your life. Anyway, he's losing his mind. He's on the dance floor. He's rocking it. King Saul's daughter's standing up there, and she's making fun of him, and he says, oh man, you ain't seen nothing yet. Just wait till I get to heaven and I get to spend eternity dancing with my creator, with my Jesus, with my Lord, with my Savior. You ain't seen nothing yet. His pathway was worship. Every time David got away from God, when you look, when he turns back to God, he always goes to worship. So worship is where he connects with God. For you, if worship pathway is you, you have a natural gift for celebration and expression through things that are praise and adoration. As a matter of fact, you love when sound has a voice, even if it doesn't have words. Somebody who loves worship, now you may think this is my pathway because I listen to a ton of music, y'all. Like to do something, I gotta have music on. If you know anything about me, if I don't have music on, I'm cranky. I don't know why, but it can be any music. I go from, from Mozart to Tupac to Biggie, <laughs> that to, back all the way back, back to the wallflowers, back to the police, back to all of these things. Hopefully it ain't the police at my door. But like it's all these things. I listen to all kinds of music, the Christian music, the hill song, like you'll have that one minute and then the next minute you'll have elevate. I mean, you'll see all kinds of music but I have to have music to do things and so maybe that's you and when you worship at church let me tell you if worship pathways it when you worship at church you wish I would never stand up here with this microphone you just wish the worship would go on and on and on and you're so moved that the worship can bring you to tears because you experience God's presence only in worship and so if that's you today I got some good news for you I want you to take this next step. Turn your car into a rolling sanctuary this afternoon. I want you to blast worship music. I want you to blast out those speakers in that car. I don't care. I want you to worship your face off. Don't you worry about what people are doing beside you in the car next to you. You're pointing them to Jesus, just like David was when he was dancing his mind out, going in with the Ark of the Covenant. You need to have music. And so when you have your quiet time with Jesus, you need to have music on. You need to have something going on because you're not going to connect to Jesus. Like if you were to sit down in a silent room with your Bible, it would drive you crazy. So if that's you and the worship pathway is you today, I want you to take the next step of turning that in to your quiet time, folding that into your prayer, folding worship into your prayer. Where in the Bible does it say that you can't sing a prayer to God? It doesn't, does it? But if you have a worship pathway that's the way you're going to connect with God. And you can shout a praise, and you can have a dance. So today, if that's your next step, understand that your worship pathway is how you can connect with God. We're going to keep rolling along, y'all. Verse 5 says this. And I'm just going to tell you, this might be the pathway I need the most work, so just hear me out. It's like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. By the way, we got some champions here that may or may not have won a contest yesterday, a competition. How about the sting machine, rock and roll? 
running their course, getting ready for that upstate. They're going to make it happen. So uh, praise God for that. So this in verse 5 says it's like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing, running his course. It rises on one end of the heavens and makes his circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. Man, think about that. That same sunrise to that person that's listening online in Spain, that person that's listening online in Brazil, that's listening in Australia, they're experiencing that same sunrise, regardless of the time difference. Nature, from beginning to end, is just singing. Heavens are just singing a song. They're just declaring God's glory. And so maybe you love the nature part. Maybe you love how nature sings without words. But maybe your pathway is the relationship pathway. You see, it says in verse 5, it's like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. The relationship pathway. If you look in the Bible, here's somebody in the Bible that we can think of with a relationship pathway. That guy called Jacob, we just studied him in the alter ego. Barnabas called the son of encouragement in the New Testament. Or maybe even Peter could be a guy who was on a relationship pathway. Now that surprises you maybe just a little bit, but I want you to look at Peter's life. Every time he spoke with God, every time he was with Jesus, there was always people with him. When Jesus called him, there were people with him. When Peter goes out of the boat, there were people with him. When he denies him and he's sitting around that little campfire, there are people with Peter. When Jesus restores him on the beach while he has breakfast, there are people with Peter. And when he goes out at Pentecost and the Holy Spirit falls, there are people with Peter. So Peter is this guy in the relationship pathway. Let me tell you a little bit about you, if that is you, and you are in the relationship pathway. You experience God's presence when you have significant deep relationships with groups of people. In other words, you hear God more clearly when you sit around a table with people and you talk about the Bible. You don't get it while you're reading your Bible by yourself. You hear God more clearly when you're locking it up, praying with others. As a matter of fact, something else about you is you, you have never met a stranger. Your first question to people most of the time is, how are you? Like, and you genuinely care. You are in relationships. If somebody asks you this question and says, if you were on an island all by your, and you time out, time out, stop. If I'm all by myself, I better have three of my friends or that ain't going to work. Like, solitude ain't your thing. You cannot be alone if you're in the relationship pathway. You love being in relationships. You love being around people. And how you hear God clearly is when he speaks through other people. And you just keep bouncing back and forth. And you can just... Get excited, take that next step. If that's you and the relationship pathway is your spiritual pathway, here is your next step today. You need to lead a relationally rich life. Don't discount your quiet time alone with God, but that's not where you hear him the most clearly. You need to be in groups of some kind. Now, we have, we have our Thursday night greenhouse gathering. We, we have groups that can meet all the time. There are people who are here on Sunday mornings that dialogue. You have breakfast. Folks dialogue across the table. But you need to be in as many groups as you possibly can, not just in church, but outside of it. Try to get in groups, especially if you love relationships, because that's where you're going to hear God the most clearly, and that's where you're going to display him the most clearly. So today, whatever that looks like, get into a group of some sort. Hey, maybe you're at work, and there's a group that is the decorating committee. 
by golly, you go be on that decorating committee because Jesus is going to work through that because that is your pathway that you experience his presence and see him clearly. That is your next step today. Maybe you're screaming at God saying, I can't hear from you. And he said, I got all these opportunities lined up just for you. Step into a group. Go be a part of that. So the relationship pathway, if that's you today, there's your next step. Verse 7 goes on to say this way. We're about to get in my spiritual pathway in a minute, y'all. Y'all going to see. Verse 7 says this. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. Now, this is high-level scriptural talk here. I love this. I love this part of Psalms too. It's, it's just something that's just speaking highly of the Lord's word. And let me just go ahead and say this today because maybe it's your first time tuning in or you don't know this, but I will tell you this. 100%, I believe this is God-breathed. Now, you may not believe that. You may stand here and tell me about how it's an infallible word written by a fallible man, but I'm going to tell you, if God can speak through me, he can speak through anybody. If he can speak through a donkey on a road to a disciple, he can definitely speak through anything. And I believe his word matters. And maybe you've been following Jesus for a long time. Maybe you've been a Christian for 10 years, and you think there's no significance in your Bible. And I want to ask you this. What did Jesus say about the word of God? He said, I came to fulfill the law and the prophets. So there is significance to the word of God. But when you first start following Jesus, that's what you did. I didn't follow Jesus because the Bible told me so. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't. It wasn't about the Bible telling me so. I pursued Jesus, but until I realized how important God's word was to him, it became most important to me. So today, maybe that's where you are when it comes to the Bible and understand that his word will not return void. What David is talking about in this is the word of God and how it speaks to us. As a matter of fact, John Bunyan and Pilgrim's Progress, great book, get to that more in a minute, said this about the Bible, and it was written in, front of, in the front page of his Bible in Pilgrim's Progress, and it says this, either this book will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from this book. That's how important the Bible is for each and every one of us. I know that's sometimes a tough pill to swallow, but it's real. And so, as you can see, Jesus revealed to me my pathway to him, that's exciting, so that's why I'm the most fired up on this one, and I, I'm trying to give everyone its due diligence, is maybe to you, when I start talking about the law of the Lord, I start talking about statutes, I start talking about getting deep into God and just deep in his character and just get into like the nuts and bolts of the word of God. That's just something that fires you up. As a matter of fact, before I even tell you what it is, I'm gonna say this words, this word, and you're gonna get, you're gonna, you're gonna get like the tinglys. You're gonna get excited. Theology. How many people got excited about that? Now, for me, I, I can tell you, I'm not a religion person. I, I, relig it's about relationship to me, even though that's not the pathway. But when I hear theology, I get excited because it's kind of like the hot and now sign going off at the Krispy Kreme. Like, we're going to talk about something, y'all. Like, I'm excited. And so if that's you and you feel the same way, your pathway is called the intellectual pathway. The intellectual pathway. 
Maybe God speaks clearly to you through the intellectual pathway. And when we look in scripture, there's no one better than Paul that we see that. Paul is the guy that was Saul, knew everything about the word of God, knew everything that the prophet said, but he lacked a relationship because he was caught in religion. Then God met him with that shining light on a road. And he, he finally gave his life to Jesus and became Paul. But there's no one I know that knew the word of God like Paul did. And for you, you draw, draw closer to God the deeper you understand about him. Now, Nobody wants to go to the bookstore with you if you're an intellectual person. That is an intellectual pathway. I'm that person. As a matter of fact, on a mission trip, Alex and Brittany aren't, aren't in here, but they will tell you on a New York City mission trip, they will tell you I spent my free time in the library or the museum, okay? I'm that guy. I'm sorry. I'm that nerd. That's who I am. Like, I enjoyed it. It's something that it is. And so Jesus revealed even more to me the intellectual pathway. Here's that person, if that's you. When worship's going on, you're looking at your watch waiting for the message. If you're in the intellectual pathway. I'm just telling you, that, that, that's who you are. And that's how God speaks to you. Not that worship doesn't matter. Your worship is diving deep into God's word. As a matter of fact, when you face a crisis, you go straight into analytical problem-solving mode. Like, that's it. Even if it's a spiritual one, you're looking at step one, two, three, four, five, trying to go through it. And when I look even more, I'm like... Jesus smacking me in the face because I know this is what he made me for. This is my pathway. Even though I'm a creation guy and even though I love worship, like this is how God speaks clearly to me and maybe it's the same for you. And let me tell you, if that's you, you've got a next step today. Your next step is to get into a Bible study or getting to a group of people that go deep into God's word that aren't afraid to open the Bible, that aren't afraid to read books, that aren't afraid to get into things and dive deep into who God is and dive deep into this religion and understand how it points to a relationship. As a matter of fact, if you're looking for some reading, some folks right now are probably going to laugh, but it's okay. Uh, if you're looking for something to read, go get Gruden Systematic Theology. It'll take you all year. It's a book this thick. If you don't like that and you're like, I can't read books this thick, I need something else, get Pilgrim's Progress by, by, by Bunyan. I'm telling you, it will point you to relationship. It will dive deeper into God's word. Uh, you can look for Man's Search for Meaning by Frankel. It's a great book. You can dive into God's word. As a matter of fact, if you say, I'm not into all that reading stuff, but I love reading stuff online, go to BibleHub.com. And if you go there, they will show you the original Greek, will show you the original Hebrew, will give you Strong's commentary. A lot of times when I'm walking through the message and the sermon, that's what I go to. It's a great resource. That's going to stir your affections for God. As a matter of fact, I have to be careful when I do that because I'll spend four or five hours and I'll realize, I started this at seven as midnight. What in the world? I'm just trying to, I'm trying to get this message down, Jesus. And I've already looked all the way through the Hebrew words to see how all this lines up. So if that's you today, that's your next step. Understand God's gonna speak to you this way. Maybe you love worship, or you're like me, you sound like a dog barking. That's not how God's gonna speak to you. Maybe it's the intellectual pathway. Understand that's how he's gonna reveal your, himself to you. Going on, verse 10 says this. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. Remember we talked about gold last week. They are sweeter than honey, the honey from the honeycomb. So you might remember that guy, the little honeycombs monster, honey crisp monster. <laughs> it, was, it was great. It was uh, Furby on Mountain Dew, I guess is the best way to say it. Uh, it was a great, great commercial. Go look it up. It's probably on YouTube. By then, your servants is warned 
In keeping them, there is a great reward. Now, this is, explains this next pathway perfectly. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. The next pathway I want to present to you today that could be where God's trying to speak to you and reveal himself clearly is the contemplative pathway. The contemplative pathway. Now, in the Bible, the person that we can see this is probably someone like Gideon. It's just a self-reflection person. David shows that in verse 12. But for you, you love, love, love large blocks of uninterrupted alone time. No noise, no sound. You connect with Jesus in a place all by yourself, reading your Bible, praying. Like you love, something about you that I will tell you, you love when Jesus says the prayers you pray in private, go to your room and close your door. You got hallelujah, like your hands are up. I want to be by myself. Yes, Lord Jesus. You, if, if, if you have to be in relationships or in groups with people, it drives you crazy. But reflection, reflection comes naturally to you. As a matter of fact, one of the traits of this person is your parents probably told you to go outside and play with other kids more. That's probably who you are if you are contemplative because you're fine being by yourself. You don't have to have somebody outside of you come tell you what to do. You love images. You love metaphors. You love how they paint a picture for you. And believe it or not, when you pray, you probably see the image of who you're praying for and what you're praying about if you're contemplative because you're such a deep reflection person. You have a large inner world. And if you're around people too much, you're drained, you're stretched, and you're tired. Now, here's the thing. You can have more than one spiritual pathway, understand that, but that could be you. You could be that person. And so for you, you, you don't need external stimulation. Like nobody has to tell you. You don't need a reminder on your phone to go do quiet time, if that's you, because you're just going to do it. That's just who you are. And so if that's you, you've got some next steps today, and maybe you're already doing it, so I just want to aid you. If that's you, and you've not started doing this, and you're realizing right now the contemplative pathway is your pathway, it's time for you to keep a journal if you don't. More than likely, you already do. So hear me out. More than likely, you already do, all right? And so if you don't, your next step, if you're realizing that's you, is keep a journal, and there's a really easy way that you can keep a journal. Whenever you do your quiet time, it's called the SOAP method, Okay? S-O-A-P, SOAP method, S-O-A-P, and it stands for this. Scripture, you write down the scripture reference that you walked through that day. O is your observation. What did you observe in the scripture that day? A is the application. What next step are you, have you been called to take? Or what is the application of the scripture that you read that you just observed? And P is pray. How are you praying about having the boldness to take that next step and apply what you learned from what you observed in the scripture that you read? Because for you, you need to make time in silence and solitude to be with Jesus. Schedule it. A lot of times for some people that are in this, it's usually early in the morning or late at night. That's when you love just diving in and being with Jesus. And so for you, I want you to know about you that that's okay. That's where God speaks to you. I will tell you this, and this is maybe not something that you hear me say a lot of times, but I'm giving you permission today to say schedule time to be by yourself if you need to. Because it's more important that you hear from God than anything I'm going to say, anything that's ever going to be said from anyone else that this world can give you. Trust what God's telling you, and you need to be at the place that you can hear him the most clear. Because for you, you need the regular, protected, intense, undistracted times alone. So schedule that. 
keep that journal. If you've got a journal, believe it or not, if you've got one journal, I'm willing to bet if you're contemplative, you might have multiple. If not, keep a prayer journal, keep a quiet time journal, and keep a book journal if you're contemplative. It will help you. It will help you see God more clearly. Going on, verse 13 and 14, and we got two that kind of match together in this last one, okay? 13 and 14 says this, Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. If nothing else, if you look at Psalm 19, what I love is how David ends it up is he shows right here, he understands his need, his need for forgiveness from his sin, his faults, and his failures. Looking up at that big sky singing somewhere out there, Fido goes west, I will always remember that, somewhere out there, it'll make you realize that there is something bigger out there and that you need something more. David's putting a bow on it right there, that the something more you need is quite obviously Jesus. And so for this, I want to talk to you about these last two pathways today. And they kind of go together, but there's just one thing that's a little different from them. The first pathway we can see is in verse 13. It says, keep your servant. Some of you today, the way that you hear God most clearly is how you serve. And you are in the serving pathway you are in the serving pathway. As a matter of fact, when you look in the Bible that somebody who was in the serving pathway, it's gonna be John, wrote the whole gospel of John. Or Dorcas, she was in the New Testament. She is one who opened up her home to all of the folks traveling all the way through in Paul's missionary journeys. We can see that she was an important figure. As a matter of fact, she's even a woman mentioned in the Bible at the time when women didn't have value in the world. And she's still mentioned as having something that's important and it's because she served. She served. So if serving pathway is you, I'm going to tell you, this is how you're going to know. So I'm just going to read this. And if you get the warm tinglies on this, I'm going to tell you, serving pathway is you. Jesus said it this way. Whatever you did for the least of these, you did also for me. If that just stirs your affections, serving pathway is what's right for you. As a matter of fact, it's most tangible for you when you're helping others or locking arms serving with others. Now, see, I can see my pathway can be this at, at times uh, when, when serving. I, I hear Jesus clearly serving. Sometimes I can be serving. But I hear Jesus serving that way, and I can tell you, if that's you, you're not a person who likes to sit on the sidelines. If there's not a role to play, if there's not a place that you can serve, if there's not anybody to help, you feel like God's not using you, and you feel more distant to him than ever before. If the serving pathway is yours. And so today, for you, I want you to know that you have some next steps as well. Because for you, your life is enriched only when you serve. If you're not serving, you don't feel like you're doing anything. Like, you're just like, why'd you wake me up, Lord? I'm not serving anybody today. I'm not getting anything done. I just wasted today. So if that's you and the serving pathway is your spiritual pathway, it's going to be real hard. I mean, this is the hardest next step that you're probably ever going to hear me say. Serve. That's your next step. Serve. Not just in church. Serve. 
Serve in your community. Serve in your schools. Serve where you're at. Serve. Hey, if you want to serve in the church here at the Vine, man, we got opportunities all over the world that you can serve. Serve. If you are in a community, wherever you are, wherever you're listening, there is a soup kitchen to serve. There is a homeless shelter to serve. There are foster families to serve. There are foster, there are foster kids to serve. There are people whose apartments burn down that you get to serve, that we get to serve. Your next step is to serve because the thing is, you're going to keep getting mad at God like that, like that husband probably was with that wife saying, why don't you just say something? He's saying, why don't you just serve? And you're going to see me like never before. So if that's you today, step into serving the least of these, whatever that looks like. Don't be afraid. Take a leap and jump into it and watch what God will do. So if the serving pathway is you and you hear clearly from him when you serve, serve is your next step. And last but not least, the last pathway is the activist pathway. <laughs> Got to be careful saying that in this day and age, right? The activist pathway. So that's the seventh and final spiritual pathway we're going to walk through today to hear God more clearly. When you look in the Bible, the clearest activist is Nehemiah. When he found out what was happening in Jerusalem, he yearned and burned inside for Jerusalem when he heard the wall was torn down. And if you're an activist, that's how you are. You hear of an injustice and you say, man, I, I can't take this anymore. Somebody's got to do something about it and it's going to be me. Who is with me? Like if you have an activist pathway, that's where you see God move and you hear him the most clearly. When you go to bed at night, you want to say, I gave it all I had today. I left it all on the field, God, and I gave it all to you. If you're an activist, you have a zeal for God's house, just like Jesus flipping those tables on those money changers. If you are an activist, you love a cause. You have to be rallied around a cause. And quite frankly, what better cause than the cause for Christ? But outside of that, you can live the cause of Christ in many different areas of your life. So for you, you don't get scared of challenges. As a matter of fact, they energize you. You get fired up. You thrive when somebody says, oh, you can't do that. You're that person that says, watch me. Hard-headed me. But you're that person at times that says, watch me, watch me, watch me. And so if that's you, you love a fast-paced, problem-filled, complex, strenuous life. It might be a short one. You're probably going to die of a heart attack when you're 50. But if that's you, that's how you clearly hear the word of God. And he speaks to you because that's how he has wired you to be, to be your spiritual pathway. So for you, your next step is not just serving your next step is to find a cause to serve. Obviously, what greater cause than the cause of the cross, the cause of bringing the gospel to the ends of the earth, but also, did you know that there are people that are trying to end slavery around the world? There are people that are, that are going around the world trying to make sure people have water to drink, trying to make sure people don't have to go miles to get a cup of water. There are causes all around every community that we're in, and if you want to hear God clearly, and you're struggling with hearing from him, maybe you need to get into a cause. Because I'm telling you, when you step into that, it's going to be amazing when you step into that. You're going to say, man, because I stepped into that, I met this person. And because I met this person, they pointed me to Jesus. And all of a sudden, I'm just growing in my walk with Jesus, and, and I'm hearing him more clearly. And I never heard him like this before. It's because your spiritual pathway is an activist pathway. So for you today, get involved in a cause. So when we've talked today about how do I hear God's voice, we've walked through seven different avenues, seven different pathways in which God has created us that we can hear him more clearly. And you say, Tyler, you've talked all this time, but I feel like you gypped me something. You had a second part to that question that said, and know his will. 
But I'm going to tell you, you can't know his will if you can't first clearly hear him. Because you're just going to spend your life guessing. Just like that husband with that wife and that shoebox, he spent his life guessing on how to make his wife happy. And every time he did, she'd go to that room and she'd get that crochet, you know, she would get her thing and go sell it. And instead of having a relationship, they built their life on something fake. It was a house of cards. And instead, the only one who paid the penalty at the end was the husband because he was left with the shame and regret of that. Saying, why wouldn't you just say something? And I'm telling you today, God's clearly telling you how you can experience him by stepping into your spiritual pathway. So today, I just want you to give God unfettered access to yourself. Because when you crystal clearly hear him speaking to you, there's no doubt what his will for you is. You know, when we talk about hearing from God, we're about to sing a song in just a minute that talks about being another in the fire. But as we're, as we're talking through this, I started thinking, and how we'll wrap this up today is this. How many folks remember old school days getting in the car? with grandma or getting in the car with mom and you had to drive somewhere. Usually what would happen is you'd get in the car and you'd flip on that radio, right? Now this is before satellite, this is before CD players and before the phone. And as, as you drove down the road and maybe you crossed the county line, does anybody remember kind of what happened to that station, right? It would just be like, like you could barely make out. And the further away you got, the more static it got, the more noise it made. And so the only way that you could finish, if your favorite song came on as a child, what did you tell grandma and mom? Turn around. I want to finish my song, right? Go back to the radio station. Go back to the tower. Go back. Turn around. Hear it more clearly. I want to hear things more clearly. We treat our walk with Christ the same way. So many times we get mad at God and say, God, you're not speaking to me. I don't know what's happening, and we're in the car, and we're just driving as far away as we can. Because I want to ask you something. If you haven't heard from God in a while, who moved? He never did. That radio tower didn't move. If you're so caught up in the static, the noise, and the chaos of this world, it's because you're trying to drive the car instead of letting Jesus. And so today's an opportunity that he's showing you the spiritual pathway that he wants to speak to you, and it's time to turn the car around. It's time to go onto the pathway he's called you to go on because you're going to hear him more clearly than ever before. Otherwise, you're going to be driving that car frustrated, mad, because every time your favorite song comes on, you can't even get to the chorus. And that's the only part you know. You don't know the first and second verse. You just know the chorus. And so for you today, trust Jesus has created you to speak to you in a certain way. Get on the pathway he's called you to because for some of us today, we have a relationship with Jesus. We have a relationship. We've given our life to God, but we've been trying to drive away so far that we've just forgotten what the sound of his voice is. So get on that pathway to hear him more clearly. And for others of us today, we've been driving that car our whole life. We've been in the static, the chaos, and the noise of this world. And Jesus is telling you today, this is your opportunity to turn the car around. We call that repentance. As a Christian, confession and repentance marks our life. If you don't know Jesus, repentance is when you turn your life back around and give it to Jesus. And so we're about to sing this song in just a moment talking about another in the fire. And I want to tell you that right now the station may seem staticky. And right now for the first time in your life, instead of getting static and noise, you're hearing something clearly speaking to you. And I want to tell you that's the Holy Spirit. 
And after this song, Tracy is going to come up and he's going to talk to you about how you can repent today, how you can hear God more clearly than ever before. So as the band comes up and gets ready, I'm going to pray. And after this, I'm just going to ask you, if you know Jesus, turn the car around today. In this song, you're going to see there's another in the fire. Isaiah 43 says, you will go through the fire and not be burned. You will have the rivers come up, but the waters will not overwhelm you. For each and every one of you today, I want you to look at this space and sing this song with praise, knowing that Jesus is with you. And I want you to turn the car around today and see the other in the fire. Dear Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to lift your name high. Thank you that we get to have another in the fire with us that we don't have to do this alone, that so many times we're driving the car and the reason that we're frustrated, the reason that there's static, the reason that there's noise is because we're driving away from what you've called us to. We're driving to the place that you've called us not to be. We're trying to find you in places you never called us to go. So Jesus, in this moment, I just pray that you would reveal the spiritual pathway you've given us. And I pray that in this moment, we would have the boldness to take it. And Jesus, some of us today have been running from you for a long time. Give us the boldness and the strength to turn the car around today and come back to you because you haven't moved, Lord. You, your word stands firm. You are who you say you are. You are our rock, our redeemer, and our salvation. So Jesus, as we lift this song up to you, I pray that we would see you like never before. We love you, Lord. I stand up and sing this.
Next week is the big question, why should I trust the church? And while Tyler was preaching, it dawned on me, what path are you on? Are you on a path to life or a path to death? Now, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, came and died on the cross to pay the price for your sins so that you can be on the path to life. And if you've never done that, we're going to lead you in. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And then you can be sure of where you're headed and which path you're on. Okay? So with every eye closed and every head bowed, if you if you are online there, just do what you got to do. Say this prayer. Dear Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sin and that you raised yourself back to life. I want to trust you as my Savior. I want to follow you as my Lord from this day forward. Guide my life and help me do your will. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now with every eye closed and every head bowed, if you prayed that prayer and you committed your life to Christ, 
On the count of three, I'd like for you to raise your hand. This serves as a public profession of faith. One, two, three. Thank you so much. If you accepted Christ and you raised your hand at home, online, go to thevine.tv and reach out to us. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to talk to you about it and walk you through this experience and help you figure out what your next step may be. All right. Now, here's the time where we wrap it up and have what I call the golden corral moment. So everybody gather up. (laughs) Hug your neighbor. Hold their hand. Do something. I love seeing all y'all gather together. That's pretty cool. All right, let us pray. Most Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for the life that you lived, for the death that you died, and for the life that you live again, that we believe in you, that we can worship you, that we can fellowship with you. Father, be with each and every one of us this week as we go about our day that we may have the opportunity to share the gospel, to share your love with others that come across our path. And Lord Jesus, I ask this in your most love-filled name. Amen.